When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Longhorns. Uh, I'll start with this from the 55-14 win over Kansas. I was really critical of Steve Sarkeesian coming out of the TCU game. I didn't feel like his rhythm as a play caller was very good. I didn't feel like the game plan was very good. I thought that it's an indefensible action to not get B. John Robinson more than 12 touches, find different ways to get him the football. That said, uh, Sark had the perfect game plan and called almost the perfect game based on all the factors revolving around the game. The I.S. Sarkin posed, did he feel like the environment was more conducive to running the football, or did they just want to make it a point to get back to playing with the physical edge and get the run game going? And he said both. Obviously, they didn't run it well against TCU. And Jake Major said after the game, hey, the offensive line took that personally. They were on a mission and Kansas just happened to be standing in the way on Saturday. They were on a mission to get right, get the running game untracked, and they did. And the conditions, Snoop, it was cold in Lawrence on Saturday. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know how I don't know how it looked during the TV broadcast. Was it cold? Yeah, I guess it was, it was cold. Here. I haven't watched the whole. I've I've watched clips of the game. I haven't watched like the whole the whole TV copy of the game. But yeah, it was it was cold on Saturday, and the sun was out, but. The north wind was cutting right through the middle of the stadium, and there was no no hiding from it. So it was not conducive to throwing the football and definitely not taking the vertical shots down the field. And Sark didn't do that. High percentage throws for Quinn Ewers, but it was a lot of B. John Robinson. Probably would have been a lot of Roshan Johnson, too, had Roshan not gotten hurt. Uh, which, by the way, when Sark has his press conference, I'm sure Bucky talked about it this morning and Zay talked about it this morning, that press Sark's press conference, normally it'll be at the, at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Because Texas is on a short week, too, Sark's press conference will be at noon today. So during that noon press conference, really the only injury update to speak of from the game is Roshan Johnson, that lower left leg injury. He was in a boot after the game. But it probably would have been a healthy dose of both of those guys, but it ended up being a healthy dose of Bijan. I like the diversity in the run game. Right? They went back to the counter, did some different things, uh, saw some saw some pin, a lot of pin and pull schemes, saw, the, saw Jake Majors get out there and pull at one point. I think that was on the 21-yard Roshan run. Uh, his big play of the day. So there was diversity in the run game. There was an emphasis on it. As Sark, Sark is fond of saying, like you get what you emphasize. They emphasize running the football this week. Texas goes for 427. 427 on the ground, Snoop. And look, this is a Kansas defense that's not a great defense. We talked about it. They were and they had one of the most explosive offenses in the country coming into the game. They also had one of the worst defenses in the country coming into the game. And I talked to some Kansas sources over the weekend, and the feedback from the Kansas staff was they felt like for the most part, especially up front, that they fit the run well and were in the right position. They just said Texas was just so big and so good up front that there wasn't a whole lot they could do to stop Texas. Texas wanted to run the football, and they pretty much did whatever they wanted on the ground. 427 as a team, season-high 57 carries. Jonathan Brooks goes over 100 yards. First time since 1968, Snoop Texas has had a 200-yard rusher and a 100-yard rusher in the same game. So couldn't have asked for more out of the run game. 
Let's get to Quinn Ewers, though. Jonathan Brooks is a dog. I am excited about the future of the running back room, especially if Texas, if Texas gets Cedric Baxter, five-star, the four-star running back out of Florida. I've liked what I've seen from Jaden Blue, just in the bits and pieces we've gotten to watch him. You're going to get Keelan Robinson back for another year. But, man, you're right, Snoop. Jonathan Brooks, running back is one of those positions, maybe the position, that you can tell really early if a guy has it or not, if he's just got those natural running instincts. And Jonathan Brooks has those. Anytime they've given him the ball, he's looked good, even going back to last year before he got hurt in the Kansas game. And he rips off the 70-yard touchdown in this one, so – the running back room is in really good hands going forward. But I want to circle back to the backs because I want to talk about Quinn Ewers. Quinn talked about it. I asked him after the game just kind of what the last six days have been like for him because, man, you look at his season, Snoop. It's, it's been, it's been a, a roller coaster, man. He's had the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. He's been the toast of the town, and he's been a bum all in the same season. Uh, really that 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 roller coaster, that wave you ride with a young quarterback, as good as they are. Even we've seen it Texas, even the best ones that have been here. Sam Ellinger did it, Vince Young did it. To a lesser extent, Colt Colt struggles were more in his sophomore year, but you ride that wave. And Quinn has done that. And I asked him what the last six days have been like. He said it was easy to get over the TCU game. So he's got a really good group of people around him. Sark and AJ Milwee have feels like he they've done the right things. With him, he said he forgot about the TCU game by Monday. Now, whether that's the case or not, I do think the fact that with Sark's game plan to emphasize the run, knowing that the vertical shots really wouldn't be there because of the wind, high percentage throws, that's what Quinn Ewers needed. So the conditions were right for Quinn Ewers to have the kind of throws in the game plan that could get him into a rhythm, build some confidence. And there were a couple of shots. He had the – it was on a third down. They put Xavier Worthy in motion. Then send him on like a little post. That completion, that was on a line. He had the corner route to Jordan Whittington for 21 yards. And then pretty much everything else was like screen passes, swings, stuff where it's really kind of quick decision, get the ball out of his hands quick, let your guys work in space. By the way, Snoop, did you notice that something else I hollered about after the TCU game Mm. was the lack of screens Texas ran in that game? You know how many screens Texas ran in this game? The screen, the screen game was back. A little quick screen to Savion Red, like quick screen to Keelan Robinson for the touchdown. So, Quinn Ewers was more, more or less a game manager on Saturday. Just like, hey, just don't mess it up, and he didn't mess it up. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like that though. Like we use the term game manager, but I thought Quinn made a good point after the game. He said, look, as a quarterback, it's your job to manage every game, but there are certain situations. And the, and the, the one situation that I really liked on offense. I really like the Keelan Robinson touchdown because if you look at that sequence, Texas has a second and goal at the 10. Jake Majors gets called for a snap infraction. And then a couple plays later, the offense is facing third and goal at the 15. Now the pre-snap penalties, those are the kind of penalties this offense hadn't been able to overcome of late. By the way, Texas, they're in the bottom two in the Big 12. I think they're second, they're, they're ninth in the Big 12 in penalties per game, eighth in the Big 12 in penalty yards per game. It's just been one of those years. Like they were really good with the penalties last year. They've just kind of been piling up this year. They haven't been able to overcome lately those procedural penalties, but they did on Saturday. They got the they got the snap infraction called on Jake Majors. They backed up, they had a third and goal to 15. They go the quick screen to Keelan Robinson. He weaves his way through the Kansas defense and they score. So 
Maybe that's me making a big deal out of a small thing, but I think that's a huge step for the offense to build some confidence. Just like say whatever you want about the Kansas defensive front. Man, anytime as an offensive line you can impose your will on somebody, you can dictate the terms of the game, that's a good thing. That's nothing to sneeze about. And that's, for the offense in a nutshell, I think I said this on Friday, Snoop, like to me, it's not just offense, it's all phases of football. To me, the ultimate goal should be to dic- you that you're dictating the terms of the game, whether that's with your offense, with your defense, with your special teams. You are in a you're in a position to win when you are dictating the terms of the game, and I felt like in all three phases of the game, Texas dictated the terms of the game on Saturday. I want to talk about that defense here in just a second, but I do want to mention Bijan Robinson. Man, Snoop, we talk about his assault on the record books. I'm glad I'm glad we looked this up a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, that was fine when we did. Because he's going to go into the Baylor game, most likely, most likely going to be his final game at DKR. It's crazy how fast time goes. It's just like yesterday he got to campus. Yeah. And now we're talking about Bijan most likely playing his last game at were DKR you, were, on Friday. Was he, uh, was he here in 2020? Were y'all talking about them recruiting him? I remember y'all talking about him being from Arizona. That's what I vaguely remember. 2020 was his true freshman year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember it's, man, it just shows you how. Fast life comes at you. I remember being at coaching school in 2019, being at coaching school that fall, and talking to Stan Drayton because uh, Tom Herman made Stan Drayton and Todd Orlando available. And I think I might have been the only beat writer there. And I was talking to Stan Drayton. I said, "I know, I know, you can't mention any recruits by name. You need, you need a franchise type running back in this cycle. Do you think you're going to get one?" And he just looked at me. He said, "Yes, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get one." And like two weeks later, they got Bijan. So he's put together one of the more impressive careers we've ever seen by a Texas running back. With one yard, one yard, he's going to pass Chris Gilbert, break that tie, and move into the top five in terms of career rushing yards at Texas. Only Jamal Charles, Cedric Benson, Earl Campbell, and Ricky Williams will have rushed for more yards than B. John Robinson in his career. I think he's about a hundred less less than a hundred yards behind Jamal Charles. So I think with a I'll go back and look at it and get that number during the break. But I think with a hundred yard game, he'll pass Jamal Charles and move into fourth. As of right now, only he's two touchdowns away, Snoop, from passing Earl Campbell on the career touchdown list. So you could be looking at Bijan Robinson with those three backs, Cedric Benson, Ricky Williams, Earl Campbell. Nobody there's a potential that nobody will rush for more yards in a career that other than those three guys, he'll only be tra- trailing those guys. And there's a chance that B. John Robinson could be looking up at only Ricky Williams and Cedric Benson in terms of career touchdowns by the time his time is done. And we'll see, you know, does he play the bowl game? It's expected at this point. He hadn't made it official, and he's kind of joked about it in recent weeks and, and even said Saturday that he's he's not willing to touch that topic yet, that B. John's going to go pro. So if you happen to be in the stands on Friday or if you're watching, just enjoy every carry you see number five get because you're probably not going to get any again seeing him in that burnt orange at DKR. I just thought he was phenomenal, man. He was the best player on the field. And, you know, you can look at it and say, man, there's there's a couple instances things could have been different for a couple of coaches if they'd have just gotten B. John the ball more. Like if Tom Herman had just gotten B. John the ball more in 2020, maybe, maybe Tom Herman is the coach of Texas for at least another year. If Sark had done it more often in the TCU game or the Oklahoma State game, maybe Texas is playing Baylor – and a win-and-you-get-in scenario for the conference championship. That's all in the rearview mirror right now. It's in front of the Longhorns, though. They can get to eight wins in the regular season. 
and they're going to do it by continuing to put the ball in B. John Robinson's hands. It's funny we talked about it in the Longhorn Blitz, Snoop, and I, I I think Rod made the point, and I, I agreed with him. You know, it seemed like after the Alabama game, and especially after the Oklahoma game, it seemed like the offensive identity was shifting to the offense revolving around Bijan, to the offense revolving around Quinn Ewers. And I think now, I think it's pretty clear to say, okay, Quinn's not quite at that point yet for the offense to revolve around him. You still need to have it revolve around Bijan. That's what Sark did on Saturday. Bijan goes for 243. Four touchdowns, <laughs> average almost ten yards a carry, nine point seven. Jonathan Brooks, by the way, was at nine point eight. A lot of that on his seventy yard touchdown, but he looked good. But the Texas run game, man, it was revved up. It was rocking and rolling. Let me compliment the Texas defense, man. That's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, Snoop. That defense has put together a winning performance. We saw what they did against TCU and then against Kansas. The loudest that crowd got. I don't know if this came through on the broadcast, but the loudest that crowd got by far was when Jalen Daniels took the field with the first team Kansas offense. He got him off to that 5-0 start, got hurt in their game against TCU, hadn't played since then. But that Texas defense, man, they shut down the Kansas running game. Devin Neal, who had been on a tear, 13 for 51. Kansas, 30 for 104 as a team, three and a half yards of carry. This was an offense that came into the game averaging 7.36 yards per play. They led the conference. Kansas. Kansas was leading the conference in yards per play. You look at Kansas's YPP in this game, 5.9. You had the Jalen Ford. Interception that we played in the highlight montage. By the way, shout out to Craig Way, everybody at the uh, Longhorn Radio Network, Learfield, and uh, thanks to Snoop for putting that together and cutting it up. You had the Jalen Ford interception. You had Can- Texas was up 41 nothing before Kansas got on the board. And I just think, you know, with Daniels, we saw how explosive the Kansas offense has been this year when he's been in there. And maybe there was some rust to knock off, but this is Kansas on their first seven drives. The first seven drives for Kansas, you had three three and outs, a missed field goal, two turnovers on downs, and the Jalen Ford interception right before, in a couple minutes before halftime, that led to that electric Bijan Robinson 24 yard 24 yard run, and then the dive over the top with one second left to put you up 31 nothing at halftime. The defense was just phenomenal, and and what I liked about it, by the way, I'll I'll give myself credit. Rarely do I do this. One guy I talked about with Rod Hard and E Hogan on the pregame show. Because Hard asked me, he said, who, who needs to step up today on defense? I said, keep an eye on Mo Blackwell. Every time I talk to somebody behind the scenes about this guy, his name comes up as a guy that this staff really likes and they really want to try to find a role for him. That huge sequence for the defense where he has the tackle for loss on Devin Neal, they go for it on fourth down. I didn't like that play call on third down, by, on fourth down, by the way, by Kansas, where they tried to throw him in the flat to the tight end because you just got – Jaron Thompson screaming downhill, stop that for a loss. But Mo Blackwell makes that play. Snoopy boy Alfred Collins showed up and flashed a little bit, yes, helped, on, helped on a fourth down stop. So it's different guys making plays. I know the, the J- Jade Barron said the guys in the secondary are really happy for Xavier Bryce to get in the game and play a little bit. So all told, some some new new faces stepping up and making plays on defense. Also some of the established guys stepped up and made plays. You know, Kansas, they finished with 346 yards of total offense, 242 through the air. Most of those were racked up by the time the game was well in hand. So not to say that it doesn't matter, but it kind of doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All phases of the game, Texas was dominant against Kansas. We'll continue to talk about that, but we got to take a break right now. When we come back, Snoop's edition of the Whataburger Top.